You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen and Kyle, and we are face to face again. So, hell yeah, that's pretty dope. Because wasn't digging the whole Skype deal. Nope, threw our game off a little too much. Yeah, just didn't feel right. So we are back at it. Hopefully, better than ever. Uh, first off, I just want to say thank you to everyone for all the support. It's been awesome as of lately. Keep up the good work. Thanks for listening to this show. Make sure you tell your friends. Pass the word. Keep on keeping on. I like it. So check us out at our all of our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast, and we should be right where you're searching. Come on over to the Facebook group and share memes, share interesting articles you find online, share your personal experiences youtube hop over there and like and subscribe to the channel that'd be dope um speaking of weird encounters personal experiences kyle's gonna tell you how to get those to us give us a call find your local payphone enter some money and dial one eight seven seven eight zero zero hollow I think payphones are more elusive than Bigfoot now. They're getting there. But you can leave us a message. It cuts it up in five 
minute blocks. Or you can use the voice memo app on your smartphone, record your story, email it to us at hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can also write out your story and email it to us. You can you can contact us any way you can. Yeah. Carve hieroglyphs on a rock that we can discover. And then throw it at me. Smoke signals. Um, Steve is very proficient in understanding and reading and deciphering smoke, smoke signals. signals. Yes. You could transmit and bounce it off of a satellite. Oh, and by the way, my wife is too. She's really good at the smoke signals. Oh, well then, anyway. She's an Indian. <laughs> That's, well, good. <laughs> Speaking of satellites, I saw Starlink the other night. Yeah, we missed it. Which is... Nuts. It's a funny story, actually, which I'll share with you since we're, we do whatever the hell we want. Me and my little brother were out fishing in a little river runoff in the middle of nowhere. Like, there is no light pollution whatsoever. So the stars are phenomenal out hell there. Yeah. So we're getting ready to pack up. It's about mm, 20 after 9, quarter after 9, good and dark. Packing my pole up, and Dylan goes... Steve, what in the hell is that? And I'm like, oh, shit. That doesn't sound good. I turn around, and we see Starlink, which he didn't know anything about at the time. He just looks up, and he sees, like, 50 stars just traveling across the sky in a perfectly straight line. Like, he thought we were on some more of the world shit. He was ready for the the end. And if I would have been thinking, I could have played onto that. But I'm like, no, that's just Elon Musk fucking around with some satellites. It's just Starlink. He's trying to do the world good and give some internet. And he's like, I legit thought it was a fleet of UFOs coming in hot. It's awesome. It it's so it's so it looks like a it looks like a simulation. It does it doesn't look real. I wish I would have got to see it. And the thing, it the weird part is, is like you see it trekking across the sky, and you expect it to travel all the way like out of your view yeah but this just disappeared dead ass center in the sky almost like it hit a point and it like went behind like it's how it would look if it went behind a cloud but there were no clouds that's weird it's almost like they just hit this point they just blinked out that's weird it was bizarre a lot of crazy things going on uh definitely the, the pentagon released the ufo videos that Tom DeLong from Blink-182 released, so... Well, I mean, he is pretty balls deep in this stuff. Yeah, so basically, the Pentagon is like, yeah, there's some weird shit out there that we don't know about, but everybody's too wrapped up in everything going on to even pay attention to it, so what better time to disclose that aliens and UFOs could possibly be real than a time when no one's paying attention? I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh, man, I went on a big tangent. Anyway, if you listen to us on any uh, Apple or iTunes <laughs> podcast, feel free to hop over there and leave us a rating and review. If you leave us a five-star rating and a review, we will shout you out, like we're getting ready to do now. Your five-star rating and review, I guess our five-star, yours and ours, is brought to us by... Oh, God, these are so hard to read. Sushi Yep. Yep. Got it. Says your podcast is amazing. Your podcast is incredible. Keep up the great work, guys. Signed, uh, Larion. That was way easier to read than Sushi. So, Larion, thank you so much for taking the time to hop over there 
and leave us the kind words and the five-star rating helps kind of push us through all of the other podcasts and kind of elevate us a little bit and it's a self-esteem boost when we see you guys liking us kind of i mean it's pretty dope it is pretty dope i'm not gonna lie um our listener submitted experience of the day comes to us from a familiar voice and that is tia she has left us a voicemail today of a sasquatch encounter that she would like to share with us and the show so here it is hi guys this is tia calling from north carolina i've called in once before about my alien encounter um that i had in my bedroom where i was able to get them away um and i'm calling you with another story um as i said in that first I've had lots of weird experiences, and this was just another one. And this is about a Bigfoot, actually. Um, this was my senior year of high school, so back in 2009. Um, and it was actually with my little brother, so there were other witnesses besides my will. Um, it was around 1 o'clock in the morning, maybe 1.30, something like that. Um, we were coming back from a party, and at the time, we were living in a really country part of North Carolina um, called Middlesex, which is, like, in the middle of nowhere, like, lots of trees and woods and stuff like that, and it's so small, it's, like, you probably would have never even heard of it unless you're from, like, within 15 miles of it. So, we were staying there, um, and we pull up in our yard. And me and my brother get out of the car to walk up to our house. And my brother says, what's that? And I look at the edge of the woods that was behind our house, and there's something standing there. And I'm like, what the hell? Um, It was actually not that tall. As, as far as, like, what I would think a Bigfoot would be tall like. Um, I wonder sometimes if it was, like, a juvenile. Um, but it was around six feet tall. Um, it was really dark and hairy. And it was on two feet. And it was just standing there, like, looking at us. And we were looking at it. And it's like we stood there for, like, a couple minutes kind of just like, what are we looking at? And all of a sudden, we snapped out of it and ran into our house. Um, we ran into the house. I was, like, fumbling with the keys, trying to get in. He's screaming. I'm screaming. And we finally get in the house. We get in the house, and we're both freaked out, and we're like, oh, my gosh, what was that? What was that? Was that a Bigfoot? Oh, my God. And next thing you know, we hear something hit our window. Um, we were staying in a really small trailer at the time. So, like, we walk into the trailer, and it's like we're in the living room. And it was hitting the window right across from the door, which is also on the side of the trailer, which is right on the edge of the wood. And it's like somebody was throwing rocks at the window. 
And that happened about three times, maybe about 30 seconds apart. And we are freaking out. And we don't know what to do. We're just like, we're crying, we're freaking out. And the thing starts knocking on all our windows on the back side of the trailer. And like, it's literally, it goes to one window, knock, 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 and goes to another window, knock, knock, knock. And we are so terrified. We call our granddad who lives across the street. And we're like, Granddaddy, please come out here. It's a Bigfoot. Like, bring your gun. Bring your gun. And surprisingly, he's not freaking out at all. Like, he seems like he believes us. He's like a woodsy, outdoorsy type dude. Like, he has a farm. Like, we all, we grew up on the farm. He's a hunter. Like, he's in the woods all the time. So I don't know what he's seen. Um, but he was not surprised. He was just like, you're fine. Are you in the house? Lock the door. Just stay there. But I'm not coming over there. <laughs> he was like, I'm not coming over there with a gun. No, just calm down. It'll go away. And eventually it does. But, oh, my God. That was so weird and crazy. And we talk about it to this day. Um, we actually went on a family vacation a couple months ago, and me and my brother were talking about it, and we asked my granddad if he remembered that. And he said, yeah, I remember, and just laughed, but didn't really want to talk about it like that. Um, but, yeah, that was my Bigfoot story. So, uh, my Bigfoot story. So, thanks, guys. Uh, love the podcast still. You guys are doing a great job. Bye. Tia, thank you so much for taking the time to call in and sharing your Bigfoot encounter with us. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. The first, the first thing that is awesome is that you have your little brother to corroborate it. Yeah, which is great. The more witnesses you have, the better. And two, the fact that it hung around and it almost like I attacked your house. I guess you could say. I mean, it's throwing fucking rocks at the window. Is there's so many different things I'm thinking. Is it trying to like lure you to come outside or is it throwing you think if it was throwing to damage your home, it, it the rocks would go through the window. Right. You know what I mean? And I was doing some research. Apparently North Carolina is a hotbed for Bigfoot activity. And there has been a recent flap in Littleton, North Carolina Within like the last six months, there have been four different sightings of Bigfoot in this small town. I don't know how close Littleton is to where your encounter took place. But the thing that stuck out to me is this encounter here where a person claims to have seen a shorter Bigfoot, five and a half to six feet tall, which is exactly how tall you uh, remember seeing it behind the Cryptozoology and Paranormal Museum in Littleton, North Carolina. Which is, like, crazy in itself. I just did a little map questing, and Littleton is only about an hour's drive away from Middlesex, North Carolina. So, I mean, it'd take a little bit longer striding that way as a Bigfoot, but 
there could be a whole what's the word I'm looking for population of these shorter Bigfoots that could be taking up residence in the area. It's for sure. Or with it only being an hour away, I mean, I don't know the actual time. Well, no, you said yours happened years ago. So that would either be a population and you both saw uh, youngins or... They're just shorter in North Carolina. They're just shorter in North Carolina. Um, Did he make... Some questions for you. Did it make any noises, like aggressive... <clears throat> noises that you would think of when you hear Bigfoot. Excuse me. <clears throat> the throwing the rocks is a pretty telltale sign for Bigfoot too. Yeah, I often wonder if it's like aggressive or not. You, If you look into Bigfoot encounters and stuff, if you look at Ape Canyon where they basically had um, these hunters trapped down in a cabin and they were attacking the cabin, throwing boulders at it and all kinds of crazy shit. I mean, so, it could be a lot of things, really. It could be a territorial thing, just them letting you know, like, hey, I'm here. You need to stay away from me. It could be a curiosity thing. could be, you know, absolutely. It, it saw the lights through the window. It saw what you guys were doing. Maybe you were making food or something. And it's like, man, maybe I could get in on some of that. <laughs> but did a lot of times, uh, Bigfoot encounters, they, people notice different smells. Like, can you recall anything off-putting when you were out there and you saw it? Good call. Um, other than sounds and smells, another thing that stood out was the fact that they were like mesmerized by it. Yeah. Which is the same thing that happened in the last listener encounter with the alien. Right. Which that, that kind of stuff, like, it makes me wonder how connected all of this activity is. Well, that and I mean. It's human nature to just be mesmerized with something right. that you're you don't. You're not used to seeing something right, that you, absolutely. you know shouldn't be there, I guess. Right. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of, it's like a deer in the headlights. You see something so far out of place, and you're like, what the fuck is yeah. that? But uh, One other thing that I liked was that you said you called your grandpa, and, like, <laughs> his his nonchalant response, it, it, it's like, yeah, you you know, lock the doors, you're going to be fine. He'll go away after a while. Yeah, like, like, like he's it's just d- something he's used to. Yeah, like he's been there. Like he's he's had it happen to him I too. Know, I love that he's like such a badass. He's like, I'm not bringing a gun over <laughs> to shoot the Bigfoot. Just it's lock gonna, the doors. It's going to go away. <laughs> it's, such, it's such a typical grandpa response. Yeah, he's like, like you're going to be fine. Hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> Did you have any other like Bigfoot-esque encounters at the house you were living in, did you find any tracks, any uh, weird tree breakings, any kind of structures in the woods, right. stuff of that nature, anything that would tie into the sighting? But I'll tell you, it is creepy as fuck that it was out there watching your house. For sure. And the fact that it was tossing rocks at your house. that That's wild. Did you guys hear any... Yeah, I already asked that. Any, like, Noises. Bigfoot sounds outside of the sighting like if you a month before or three months down the road were you sitting out on the porch did you hear any weird howls or growls or anything that could be attributed to it just things that kind of further the evidence of whatever was living in your woods definitely awesome encounters i love cryptid encounters they're like ever since everett had his like they just mesmerize me so many people see 
something that people have to be seeing something. That's, oh, I that's agree. That's with that. I agree 100%. All right. Again, thanks, Tia, for taking the time to call in with your report. If you've got anything else weird going on out that way, please feel free to call in and let us know. We love to hear from you. Today, I have been looking up a bizarre case that I've read about before and it stuck out in my head and I don't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast. If I had, it was just a glancing mention of it. So if I have talked about it, I apologize, but I wanted to come back and focus on it. And this is the story of Olivia Mabel and what killed her. So I'm going to preface this by saying that this case is almost too too weird too good to be true you know what i mean have you ever come across something that's like just holy shit right and this case is this case ticks all 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 of it like you read it and you're like oh damn well there's that box where there's that box oh they got this box too yeah holy shit i'm gonna start out by talking about a tulpa what the fuck is a tulpa a tulpa is this according to tulpa.info you can come here and let me warn you this kind of gives you a walkthrough of how to create your own tulpa doing it don't do it oh it's already done because you don't want to bring something into this world that you're not going to be able to take out a giant cheese it man something according to this website a tulpa is an entity created in the mind, acting independently of and parallel to your own consciousness. They are able to think, and they have their own free will, emotions, and memories. In short, Atulpa is a sentient person living in your head, separate from you. It's currently unproven whether or not Tulpas are truly sentient, but in this community, we treat them as such. It takes time for Atulpa to develop a convincing and complex personality. As they grow older, Your attention and their life experiences will shape them into a person with their own hopes, dreams, and beliefs. Pump, pump. Hold on a second. Isn't that borderline schizophrenia? Could be. Right. It sounds. It does. It sounds like. It sounds like a uh, a mental disorder. Yes. But it's one you create on your own. Okay. There are theories that when you create this tulpa. And as you form it and as you are treating it as a person, if you focus enough time and energy into it, it can manifest itself as a physical incantation, like a physical being. Okay. Right? Right. So as I'm researching the tulpas and such stemming from Olivia Mabel, it brings me to folklore of the present. Like, every, everybody's heard of a creepypasta, right? And I know a lot of podcasters read them, and they do different things with them. And I just consider them, there's they're fictional stories that people post on Reddit and on forums and such. And they're just, they're, they're creepy weird shit. Right. Slenderman, for example. I consider them uh, our generation's urban legends. Gotcha. Which they're, they start out totally fictional. And what ties in the Tulpa form is that this goes, this becomes so ingrained in our 
life and our society that people start seeing these in real life. Like there are cases of people actually seeing what they believe is a Slender Man, what they believe is a Siren Head, what they believe is the Rake in real life. And these are all fictional characters that have been created within the last 15 to 10 to 15 years. Right. So like in a nutshell, like we'll take Slender Man, for example, the, the thought behind this would be that so many people are focusing so much energy and believing that it's real. It actually manifests itself and becomes real. Ding, ding, ding. So, but I had a weird thought here that for me makes sense in my head. I don't know. You guys here, tell me what you think. So you have like ghosts, for example. Let's just take a residual haunting. That's where I was going with it. Right? You know, it takes energy to, to have that residual haunting. And it's, you know, residual hauntings are just the energy that's trapped in an area, but it takes the energy from us... <clears throat> to like maintain that residual that residualness so what it what if that same energy is just kind of transferred in a different direction you know what i mean yeah i was going the opposite direction from a residual hunting to a poltergeist activity okay a lot of times when you see poltergeist activity they are confined and linked to one single solitary person Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they right. focus on one person in the household and they are the brunt of all the anger, all of the everything that that, that uh, poltergeist is putting out. Could it be because the person has focused so much energy towards something that now it's starting to manifest itself in in that way? Right. I mean, it makes sense, especially like I I know it's hard it's hard for me to explain, but it you know like the like I was explaining earlier, just the the energy it takes for that residual haunting, like it it kind of proves that we all have this type of energy. And with like what Steve was saying with these creepy pastas, if enough people focus that energy, it brings these things into our reality, which is fucking weird to even have that come out of my mouth. Dude, it, if it's you, really strange. If you have the time, look at this website, tulpa.info. And again, I don't know how much of this shit is real. So don't go in here fucking around with shit because, I mean, it it is crazy. Like, it's so bizarre. They say a lot of times people create tulpas for companionship, which means the most important aspect is being able to properly communicate with them. If this fails right, right. it could be bad because you can become so in tune with your tulpa that you can learn to give them control of your body oh shit essentially a possession which kind of goes along with poltergeist activity and shit right yeah they'll be able to move by themselves learning to be able to do whatever they want be it practicing a hobby using a computer to talk to other people and play games basically anything you do um, you can learn to stop paying attention to your own body entirely while your tulpa is in control. Essentially, you just cruise control. Hey, Hollow Cult. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles, 
when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You'll ignore your body's senses and take on imaginary ones, essentially becoming able to lucidly dream while your tulpa does what they want in your body. This is called switching. <laughs> Fuck that. How fucking crazy is that? Dude, that is weird. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. Like I've I've it's heard of whole tulpas thing, and shit, and I've heard of this theory before, especially in linked with the, the creepy pastas. But the more I've never really given it any more thought than that. But the more I sit here and think about it, the more like my brain entertains the possibility of something like this happening. Yeah, because you hear all of, you hear about people being able to do amazing things of just focusing their energy Dude, and they, onto it. You basically raise it like like a person. It's fucking creepy. It develops its own personality. It's 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 so It's like the ultimate crazy. invisible friend. That can take over your body. Yeah. The ultimate Creating the tulpa means committing to raising and living with another person. It is a lifelong commitment, not one that ends when your tulpa starts speaking. Oh, fuck you. Did that give me goosebumps? Same here. (laughs) (laughs) It says when when it starts speaking. You don't give up on it when it starts talking shit. Oh, dude. And and the the whole lore of tulpa goes way back into like Tibetan folklore and stuff like that it is see that gives it more credibility to me yeah pretty much every tulpa has a form an imaginary body they identify with this form can be anything from regular human being to a cartoon character an animal or anything else you can imagine 
Regardless of no. their form, they still can have a human mind. You interact with your tulpa by forming, or tulpa's form by visualizing it in your mind. Most people do this in an imaginary setting called a wonderland, which is a persistent place you imagine yourself and your tulpa being in. You'll be able to change your wonderland at will, make it as normal or as fantastical as you want. There are no limits. Many tulpas tend to spend their alone time in such a place, but it's not required at all to have a wonderland or to give your tulpa a form for that matter. The form doesn't have to be a visual image. The word is often used as an umbrella term for a tulpa's looks, voice, their smell, their feeling of their skin, everything you can sense of their imaginary form. Ugh, the feeling of their skin. Mm -hmm. If you commit to the process and put sig a significant amount of time and effort into your tulpa, you'll end up with a friend for life. You'll have a big hand in shaping your tulpa's personality, and it'll be easy to understand them and for them to understand you almost guaranteeing a close friendship. Getting to know your tulpa will teach you lessons in empathy and give you insight into your own personality and thoughts. They can give you an alternative opinion on problems you have, support you emotionally, and tell you off when you're being stupid. The connection between a host, you, and your tulpa is a very powerful and intimate one. You'll always have a friend to speak with in your head. That's so, just fucking strange, so, dude. Dude, it's fucking bizarre. Like, this what is way happens, weirder than I thought it was going to be. What happens when shit goes wrong is what I want to know. Well, yeah, because, like, all good friends, we've all had a fight. Like, what happens when you piss that motherfucker off? And it could be, like, it reminds me of, it, like, reminds me of the Ghostbusters again. Like, like what's the, what's the, whatever the worst thing you can imagine. Don't imagine it. Is coming to kill you. Except this is, you can imagine something to be your friend, I guess. Yeah, a giant cheese it man. Uh, yeah, that's what you want. You're going to wake up tonight and there's going to be a cheese it I would fucking bed. flip out. Yeah, I hope so. That's fine. Or if, if people started emailing us and were like, dude, I saw this giant man and he was in the shape of a cheese it I, would, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'd quit the podcast. I would too. I'd quit thinking. Okay, so this brings us to Olivia Mabel. Now that I prefaced it with all that tulpa wildness. So, there is a ranch in a suburb of Dallas, Texas called Salina, Texas. That housed the Mabel family. It is composed of Travis Mabel, his wife Olivia, and their seven-year-old son Aiden. They lived on this big ranch called the Footlights Ranch. And Olivia was described as a loving mother who cherished her son above anything else on the planet. Like, she was that dedicated to her son. Uh, their whole life was basically storybook perfect until tragedy struck. On March 13, 1990, their son Aiden was out playing on the property but not did not come home. When the family went to look for him, they came across the worst sight a parent could possibly imagine. There laying beside a small pond was Aiden, dead of an accidental drowning. Terrible, right? Absolutely. I couldn't imagine. The death shocked the entire community, but the one that was most especially affected was Olivia, who clearly had been, who Aiden had been her whole world. Right. Uh, she reportedly just lost it after that. She was so devastated, she just completely shut herself off, which is understandable. Um, she turned her back on her friends, her family. She stopped going to work. 
She was once reported as like a friendly, outspoken woman, and she just turned into a recluse. This clearly led to the disillusion of her marriage to Travis, and he left her in 1998, 1991. That'd be be something really hard to deal with. I couldn't... Oh, not, I don't even, not in a million years. Like I, 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 I understand it. her becoming a recluse, and like I mean, I could easily see it ruining somebody's marriage. It's it was it's just awful. Like your world is shattered. From there, she was seen rarely around the property. People would see her out walking the property, but on super rare occasions, until one day in September of 1991, when she just disappeared. Weeks turned to months, months into years, and her, her house just seemed abandoned. Um, the weeds had grown up. Nobody was taking care of anything. And people just thought that she had finally come to terms with the loss of her son and had just moved on. You know, she either met a new man and started a new life, or she had left and possibly committed suicide. Right. Because the depression was so bad. But nobody knew where she was at or had seen her for quite a while. Then February 27th of 1994 happens. Police allegedly receive a 911 call from the Mabel house, during which whoever was on the other end stayed silent before hanging up. A very odd occurrence, right? Since everybody thought the house to be abandoned. Um, Officers decide to go to do a checkup on the scene not sure what they were going to expect. There was no answer at the door and no sign of any life whatsoever. So the police let themselves in to find the place as abandoned and dirty and unlived in as they'd expected. It was a complete mess by what they say, almost like someone had ransacked it except for one room, which was Aiden's room. It was eerily clean and well-kept, devoid of all of the dust that covered the rest of the home, seeming as if someone might come in to live there at any moment. This was unsettling, but what they found in the corner was even more unsettling. There, perched upon a rocking chair wearing a nightgown and slippers holding a weird stick-figured doll was the corpse of Olivia Mabel, found at last. Judging by the look of her body, it appeared that she had been dead for at least multiple months. Uh, cause of death was not apparent at the time. Directly in front of her was a trunk with a bed sheet thrown over it, covered with toys, flowers, candles, pictures of Aiden, and an urn full of ashes. Uh, police found on this strange altar a handwritten, handwritten note which reportedly read, My Aiden, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I should have never let it get like this. I'm leaving. I will not let you keep me, you vile, evil creature. Mommy's coming for you, Aiden. My sweet Aiden. Mommy loves you. At the bottom of a note was a message written in a foreign language that turned out to be Sanskrit, which later translated into construct or to build. Fucking creepy, right? That is creepy. To top it off, the letter that was written was dated February 27th, 1994, the exact same day the police discovered her body. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? So, what do we have here? Could she have possibly post-dated the letter 
and killed herself beforehand. How would like no. that's what one of the theories are? How could she have known that the cops would get there on the date that she post dated the letter? Well, yeah, and then I mean that would have took outside sources like to make the phone call exactly. You know, to get that's, their attention. That's the big question: who made the phone call? Um, officers on the scene, Francisca Santiago says, according to her, she'd grown up with an uncle who was very into the occult. She quotes, I spent a lot of time in El Paso and had an uncle that was into some really dark occult stuff. I recognized it immediately. When I walked into the room and saw the symbols and the photos on that altar, I felt a strong and angry presence looming over me. It was honestly the last thing I expected to see in this town. One of the oddest parts for me was the date on the letter we found. Dated the very day we kicked in the door, the city count or the city concluded that she post dated everything, but I don't believe that she was alone in that house, and I don't believe her spirit wasn't still in the room with us that night. But that would make me the crazy one, right? Um, the case remained unsolved, and the house abandoned and forgotten until paranormal investigators took an interest in it and came to investigate. One of these local paranormal researches, researchers, Drew Navarro, who is allegedly very impressed and very afraid of what he found here, he would say this of the house. In the hundreds of locations I've studied, I've never felt such an imposing force. I couldn't breathe. My heart was consistently racing. Its energy kept changing, but none of it felt inviting. Whatever's in there, it's extremely possessive and behaves so erratically like a je jealous child throwing a tantrum. As far as I'm concerned, that house and the entire property should be avoided. It needs a serious intervention because I'm not sure what we're dealing with. So what this leads to is was Olivia Mabel fucking around with Tulpas? You saw the Sanskrit script, which I think might be close to Tibetan. Well, either this, way, who the fuck knows that? Yeah. Like knows unless, that language. Unless it was somebody looking in. To make right. Tulpa. And it was written to build or build or Construct. create. Yeah. Which is another just a, just creepy when you put it like that within the in that context. Right. And you found the doll she was clutching, the straw doll or whatever the fuck yeah. that was. And the altar, like did her Like she was trying to make something. Yeah, did her but grief again, and agony and depression drive her to the point to where she was trying to pet cemetery her son back essentially yeah I didn't think about it like that because I was you know the note was saying that she's not gonna stay here with this evil thing like she tried to bring her son back and what happened when they tried to bring it back in pet cemetery they don't come yeah, back the same not very good no yeah That's because a, on the altar his ashes were there yeah they do not come back <laughs> the same but either way that's fucked up you don't try bringing shit to this plane strange right yeah almost too good to be true okay so the more i've i got a lot of information outside of the tulpa stuff just on the livy mabel case from mysterious universe they did some good research on this and it's it's almost too packaged up too nicely you know, they came across a Kickstarter campaign for a movie called Thought Form, which never got off the ground because it sounded awesome because it's based on a, a tulpa that 
is created out of grief. And it's almost like this could have been a viral ad for the movie. So there are a lot of red flags that point to this. There's a lack of any actual news reports on the matter or any real sources other than a few websites that are also tied to the movie. Hmm. So not only is it, it's either like the craziest, not the craziest, but a crazy ass encounter in a story or it's a dope ass viral marketing campaign for a movie that was never made. There's something that's not making sense to me, though. So, the boy died, right, of an accidental drowning. Yes. Like, that's pretty prominent. Like yes. It, you know. Okay, so. You would think there'd be evidence of such. Well, not so much that, but if she was trying to make something to bring her child back why would she say i'm not gonna let this evil thing keep you or whatever whatever she was saying in there because she she basically referenced another entity that was evil why why what is that reference i feel like initially she tried to bring back her son okay right but she brought back this evil entity Okay. That's why she's apologizing for it. She's like, I did not mean for this to happen. So I'm not going to let him control me anymore. She's going to go and be with her son. Instead of bringing her son back, she brought this Tulpa back. Now she's going to try it the other way and send herself to heaven with her son. That's what I'm getting from it. Okay. So if that's how the story pans... Then you have the the letter that was dated the same day the phone call was made. Yes. Why is that happening? We don't know. But theor- theorize, I mean, is it... Unless it was all... It was all... Maybe the Tulpa or whatever entity she brought in had some sort of other plan. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it had planned to get a bunch of people in that house and do some fucked up shit. Well, that's what I was getting at is, is uh, what if the Tulpa, for lack of better words, was lonely and needed somebody else to come? It could have been. So I made the phone call. It could have been. But that means that if, see, but that's another fucking oddity. Because when you go and read about the Tulpas like you did, it said that you had to raise it. You had to teach it. So it would have had to learn, right, what police officers are. And maybe maybe it was so distorted and construed by all of her grief and probably guilt and sadness and tragedy that it didn't come back as a happy little boy. You know, it came back yeah. as someone that has suffered the ultimate loss. And you're not going to – it's not going to be a good thing. No. But then – Okay, but then again, it does it does make sense how Dave Navarro that went in there researching said that the the spirit acted like a child throwing a tantrum. So it does that does leave credence to it possibly um, her bring maybe trying to bring her son back. Oh, and and the aspect of it not being that old, you know, just being her have raised it. Like we don't even know how long she had been dabbling 
in the Tibetan, the tulp, the tulpa shit, right. the Sanskrit shit, because it had to be after her son died. Right. And, it, and I'm assuming it had to be after she decided to recluse herself, like to the point to where nobody, I mean, she could have been dead in there since September when people stopped seeing her. Yeah. Cause they said the rest of the house was just abandoned, covered in dust and all kinds yeah. of shit. And that's another thing. If her body had been dead for months, who kept the who kept his bedroom clean? Yeah, that's There's true. There's no dust in there. That's true. That's fucking weird. And when it talks about the tulpa taking, what if she had died? What if she got this tulpa to the point to where it could take over her body? And when she died, it's taking over her body whenever it wants. That's it's hopping up. in there, cleaning the room up. You know, it's got all the toys and shit like a little kid. And it just happens to be like, you know what? I'm just going to call the police. We'll see. We'll like, like how notorious is it for kids to dial zero or dial nine one one? You know, maybe, maybe her body was becoming so decrepit that it couldn't control it anymore. Yeah, maybe it got in there, but then it doesn't. It doesn't describe the note. Like the note was clearly written by her. Dude, it's it's bizarre. I don't know, man. If it if it was a viral movie campaign, like I don't. It's hard for me to buy that because there's so much put into it, especially for something like a Kickstarter. Like, there is a website you can go to, oliviamabel.com, and it shows uh, the stuff from the Texas Health Department. It's got pictures of Olivia Mabel. It's got pictures of Aiden. It's got pictures of the doll. Fuck that. It's got pictures. Go back to that doll. Ironically, I mean, it does in a not so perfect way depict her son yeah that's almost like the shirt and the hair matches i'll post these pictures on uh social medias if i remember or else sean will yell at me yeah she's definitely going to um a copy of the note it all looks like the same handwriting i will not let you keep me is what she says yeah almost like she'd gotten to the point like because I hadn't really looked into that Tulpa website until we were just doing it. Like I read little parts that I was going to keep out, but as I was reading it, I just kept spitballing here as we went. And the fact that it talked about the Tulpas getting to the point where you let them take over your body. And she states that I will not let you keep me. Yeah. See now, now that it's kind of clicking, like that's most likely what happened. Look, there's the whole, the shrine altar and shit. And that the weird, like all that other weird lettering right there. Yeah, that's probably the Sanskrit to construct. Yeah, so it, the way it looks, it definitely looks like she was trying to bring her son back, and maybe at first it played like her son. Yeah, that is, dude. I don't know. That's weird, man. And the more I look into actual Tulpa shit, the fucking weirder it gets it's definitely weird like it's a legit thing it's a legit practice people do fuck imagine what dicks are out there bringing back or bringing to life dude I just want one that'll go to work for me I wouldn't argue that but what if it's gotta take over your body oh so I still have to go to work yeah. then I just then I fucking might as well just go to work yeah Oh, it's so weird. 
but yeah, I don't, I don't have any idea as to, as to the legitimacy of this case. It is bizarre. The fact that it's tied into possible viral marketing, it's not like that it hasn't been unseen with the Cloverfield and, um, Who's to say it's not the other way around? Who's to say they didn't hear about this and it was their exactly. inspiration? Exactly. That's what I thought, too. Because it would have... I mean, this thing sounds like a movie script. Oh, hell yeah. It is bizarre. And the more I looked into the Tulpa culture, like there, there are entire websites dedicated to how to how to manifest and train your Tulpa. It's like, it's like playing Pokemon or some shit. That's you know? fucking weird. Shauna, don't get any fucking ideas. Yeah, it's Shauna, not happening. You don't get to make a tulpa. No, <laughs> you ain't playing. Got to catch them all. <laughs> That's just what we need. A whole bunch of tulpas running around. Fuck Maybe we should release this one. Fuck that. So I don't. I'm filing this under unexplained too because it is bizarre, dude. It's it is wild. I didn't even know. I didn't know that tulpas were that prominent in a lot of belief. Yeah. For men, for like I've stated numerous times, to me, the old school belief, it carries some weight with me for some reason. Yep. Even, yeah, even if it, even if this is a viral marketing campaign, it is based off where there's smoke, there's fire. Fuck yes. So this, this shit had to come from somewhere. It is just, I don't know. I, I well, The more I, I looked into it before and kind of browsed over it, and it just kind of consumed me for a little bit, so I had to share it with you guys. Uh, let us know. We're going to wrap it up here. Let us know what you think about this. If you'd like to look into it, go to oliviamabel.com, and you'll see some different aspects of the case. You'll be able to see pictures of Olivia, pictures of Aiden, their home, police reports, the dolls, the pretty much everything you want to see, the note. The um, weird altar she built. And if you're really wanting to go look at the Tulpa information, go to tulpa.info. Don't. But don't make a Tulpa because once you let it take over your body, it's going to do whatever it wants anyway. Yeah. If anybody out there has looked into this, the phenomena of the Tulpa, has dealt with the tulpa, has created a tulpa that you like to hang out with Give in the Wonderland. Definitely get a hold of us because yeah. this is something uh, I have no idea about. But apparently, it's a real life thing, and people do it. And uh, yeah, it's I got not, nothing. Not good. Don't do it. I got nothing. Don't do it. Get her. You know what? Well, never mind. I no, can't even go outside. I was going to say, go outside, make a real fucking friend, but you can't do that anymore. No. So topos are probably topos are probably on the on the rise exponentially right. because everybody's stuck in their houses and don't know what to do with their time. Buy an Xbox and play Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> yeah. You're going to make a lot of friends in those lobbies. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my case of the day. Um, yeah. Shout out to Mysterious Universe for again putting together and doing some gnarly research to help us put all this together. Um, check out tulpa.info. There's a lot of in, a lot of information there. It's uh, I don't know, man. You and your tulpa, check us out at our Facebook page and our Twitter and our Instagram and our YouTube. 
and leave us some ask what weird experiences your tulpa has and send them to us yeah until the next time we meet everybody stay safe and just don't create a tulpa then you don't have to worry about it taking over your body and murdering you and then making it look like a suicide it's not actually a suicide but it's weird okay see ya <laughs> <laughs>